Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at Stay on Target Podcast. Com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about the death, the demise of MoviePass. And it's so weird because I feel like we may have already talked about something close to what would be considered maybe the death of MoviePass, re- well, but it was just like the beginning. It yeah. was just the very beginning of MoviePass, and now we, it's really over. Last time we talked about MoviePass was whenever I unsubscribed from it. That's right. And um, yeah, we'll and it died it in your more. heart that day. Oh, yeah. But it was definitely. still alive. To dozens of other subscribers yep. <laughs> across the nation. Yep. But we're talking about that later, Chris. Idiots is who we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> who kept subscribing to that thing? Oh man! Well, uh, I mean, uh, there. Uh, we're going to talk about some stuff that, as yeah. as I was reading I'll it, just, I was shocked. I'll just read you the headline. I was very shocked. This is from um, Business Insider. This is the headline of the article we're going to read. Um, how the definitive story of how a controversial Florida businessman blew up MoviePass and burned hundreds of millions. Dude. It, it was a four it was like a four month investigative journalism piece that we're going to read from Business Insider. Blows my mind yep. like some of the details that are in there. Yep. Ah, ah. Um but that's later. Yeah, that's right. But first what uh, what have you been up to this week? I mean, so it's been 2 weeks mm, since we've recorded. That's true. And that's true. so there should be a lot. Yeah. And in fact there is. We went out of town. <laughs> we <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We went to uh, to Minneapolis yeah. uh, and then up into Wisconsin yep. for uh, cousin's wedding. Uh, Matt Dean, he's been on the podcast before. This was like in the first hundred episodes. Yeah, you know, I think of things now with this podcast in batches of like hundred episodes, which is where it's like which spans two years. Yeah, which hundred episodes was this in? Was it in the you know the the middle hundred? Was it in the first hundred? Yeah. Was it in the hundred we're in now? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, uh, but yeah, so that was really fun. It was a great time. We uh, spent some time in Minneapolis, spent about 24 hours in Minneapolis. You went to the, uh, the, I can't remember. Mall think. of America. There it is. Yep. <laughs> I went to the Mall of America. It was fantastic. Um, I, uh, I'd never been before. Um, I went to Wahlburgers, which is uh, the Wahlburg, Wahlburg Brothers um, restaurant. They, with burgers. Yeah, they have. They, they have, can't not yes, have a burger. They have burgers. Um, they had a show about it on. I think it was ETV or something like that. All cool. of it was a reality show about it. Um, and then there's movie posters everywhere, nice. and like you know the names of all the characters from uh, Donnie and Mark's movies and shows, and um, it was really really cool. That's awesome. Was yeah. the Transformers film uh, somewhere? Yeah, in there. it's represented there. Nice. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I, every single thing that I I knew that they were in, and even some things I didn't know that they were in. Nice. Did you know that Donnie Wahlberg was in The Sixth Sense? No. Totally in it. Where was he at in The Sixth he's Sense? Like a, he's he's a random doctor in there. What? Yep. That's amazing. Like, yeah. and so obviously, like they they are digging deep yeah. into those. Like, oh, he's just barely in this movie. We put it on the wall. Yep. You know. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Sixth Sense is a is a good movie, man. I know it's, it's a really good great. one. Anyway, so we went there, and uh, but I, I'd never I'd never been to the Mall of America before. I really want to go back and like just take a. We were like, hey, we should save up like a couple thousand dollars each and just come back here and just blow it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the thing about the Mall of America, like, and before we were, like we're going to Minneapolis, and like we didn't know like how long of a trip. Like, oh, would we spend a couple days there? Would we just spend one day there or whatever? Um, 
I did a lot of research of like the Mall of America and stuff. And like, if you stay in one of the hotels that is like attached to the Mall of America, like you can just buy things and then they will bring it back to your hotel. That's cool. Like for you for free. So like you can't you can't carry all these things. I can't carry everything, Chris. I'm buying so many things. I mean, yeah, I mean it's a it's a JW Marriott though, so it's super expensive. Oh yeah, and then, then you just send it back to there. Yeah, so that that makes sense. JWs really are nice, but uh <laughs> but it's really expensive. for our shopping trip. I mean I don't know, man. It is the Mall of America. That's true. There well, are roller well, coasters. There's a roller coaster in there. There's giant Lego um, uh, statues. Is there a SpongeBob SquarePants like ride in yes. there? That's amazing to me. I mean, it's all SpongeBob. Well, no, sorry. It's all Nickelodeon themed. Yes. And so there, yeah, there was SpongeBob SquarePants. There yes. was um, uh, Rugrats. I think was still in there. Nice. Uh, hey I Arnold. Know. Hey, hey Arnold. Arnold was there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cat I'm, dog. Cat no, dog somewhere. I don't remember a cat dog ride. Cat dog used to be one of my faves. That was, you know, I, it's you been know, so many years. You know I've awesome no idea was a cat dog ride. Up. You know those like ships that go back and forth. Yes, it would. And like one side be cat, one mm-hmm, side be dog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That did not exist in there. That's. I mean, why not? I Come know. on, Mall of America. I know. Get with it. Um, but yeah, it was great. It, it also makes sense for because it gets so cold up there. Yeah. For for a theme park to be indoors. Yeah, a theme park to be indoors and to have like a relatively large place where you can like walk around, yeah. like you know, not in the freezing cold yeah, weather yeah, yeah. In, the, in the winter. So like that makes that makes so much sense yeah. to have that. Um, the I, the city was really cool. I feel like I feel like the city has a lot of outdoor things in yeah. the summer too, because like we did a lot of outdoor things that day. Like we went to the uh, the the Minnehaha Falls, which is like a the I think it's the only waterfall. If I'm wrong, just you know yell at me and but i think it's the only waterfall within city limits of like a big major metropolitan city um in the u.s and so but yeah there's this big waterfall that's there and uh but there's lots of parks lots of like bike biking and yeah, things I mean, like it's that an outdoorsy there. place it's pretty cool even though it's cold and i mean it's a great great summer location because yeah. it was temperate temperate climate in the summer right um so it was super cool it felt I good s- i saw a movie while i was there but i'll talk about that next week Ooh. I mean, I, it's going to be my pick of the week. Next I know week. what movie it is, but I, you know, everybody else is is thinking that ooh as well. Um, I, I I will talk about another movie though ooh. that um I saw. This uh, one I don't know what it is. Yes, I uh, saw Hobbs and Shaw. Nice. Yeah, it was fun. That's awesome. Was yeah. it good? Was it was it everything you hoped it would be, Chris? Um, yes, it was. Um, it was yes, it was. I will. Um, so, would you say that it is Fast and Furious light? Definitely, because I, like I, there, it's it's funny, and uh, you'll watch it, and, and uh, like it'll make sense. It was a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. It was not Fast and Furious. Yeah, um, I would say like it had like shades of Fast and Furious, mm. but like the the, and I don't know how much we're, we've really like you know like gone into the car side of things lately in the past couple anyway but like remove it almost entirely other than the fact that they drive a couple of like really nice cars interesting that's the extent to which fast and furious like uh uh the the feel of fast and furious could be felt so it truly is a spin off like totally. a really like just a uh, like hey this is like it's in the universe. It's the same characters, but hundred percent no cars. Um, but that didn't make it bad. It just make it made it different. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was also um, I like it had shades of the A Team in it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you you'll see whenever you see it. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then um, it was actually it was a lot funnier than I thought it would be. Great action. Yeah. Yeah. 
See, that's like that's the thing that I, w- I hope from it. And and honestly, like the Fast and the Furious movies, like I haven't watched the last few. You're missing out. I am missing out. And that's the thing that, that they're they're on my like must watch list where I'm just like I gotta figure this out. I gotta like gotta get through this big pile of movies. But um, the thing that appealed to me about this one is that they didn't try to shoehorn cars into like the trailers or like whatever. You it's know, because they don't exist in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that makes sense. Um, because like I, I don't know, like that's the one thing about they do the Fast they, and the Furious. Sorry, they, they're not like on foot. They drive cars. <laughs> I'm just saying they're not like, you know, it's not, it's not, there's no street races. Well, and it's not like, any let's, of the, let's pull a heist, but also it has to involve in cars. cars. Right. Yeah. It yeah. has to like, we have to drive a car through a building. Exactly. We have to, you know, yeah. race a submarine. Like, you know, yeah. those things are, aren't a thing, you know? There, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a couple chase scenes. Cool. So I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just laying it out there. This is not the Fast and Furious, like, that you know. I dig it, Chris. What would you, if you, if like, if you had to rate this thing mm. right now. Yeah. What would you rate it? It's a good question. Hmm. It'd be like a seven or seven point five. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So good. Good. Um, something else that I've been doing, Chris, throughout the, the trip, I've been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. It came out a couple of weeks ago. Like uh, whenever we recorded the last podcast, I think I'd like literally downloaded it that day. And I've uh, been playing this. It's such a such a good game so far. I'm not super is this deep only into on your it. Switch? Uh, this is on the Switch. Yeah, yeah it's okay. only only on the Switch. Um, but yeah, so the uh, the game is super fun. It's it's a different twist on a Fire Emblem than we've had in the past. So Fire Emblem is a uh, tactical to kind of look at the map, move your units around. Kind of like a Shining Force style, like that's mm. that's the the big like oh it's it's the Final Fantasy Tactics or it's it's uh, Shining Force like those are the the yeah. big genres that it is like continuing yeah um and it's fantastic so far this is the first time they've done one on Switch um and so the other ones were on 3DS and they had this kind of mixture of sprite art as you're looking down at the map and uh just just like uh, maybe a more advanced looking uh shining force or something like that but then whenever they would zoom into the battles it would go into like full 3d models mm. and they would do the like you know they hit each other and stuff and this one is all just the full 3d models um there is an element of like zooming into the the battle and you can see more units and then zooming back up and like your uh a, a battalion is represented by a single character or whatever and so it's just, it's just got a, a a more cohesive um, visual style. The story is is super fun. You have to choose a house where oh I'm gonna side with these people in the war, and so it like gives this replayability to it, um, where you can you know if you complete it and you're like oh I want to see what the story was like from the other side, ah. from the people that I was fighting with, yeah. you know, uh, and then you can kind of go see that, and then oh what's the third side look like? So you can kind of like replay it that way, and there's lots of personal choice whenever you do that. Um, you also there the first half of the game, which is the part that I'm in at the moment, is a school, so mm. you are a teacher at a school, and you're teaching these people how to fight, and you're teaching them different skills, and and so you can really like reclass them into oh I want you to be a dark mage or I want you to be a you know a cavalier when you could be a swords person um, and so you kind of customize your team that way you can recruit people from other houses so that's really sly where you're like hey come over to my house I'll teach you what you want to know and then they'll come over to your place and you're like hey I'm gonna I'm gonna force you to battle everyone else whatever um, but it's a uh, it's a super fun game it's got a, it got a, a all of those fire emblem 
hooks in me of like, oh, I want to customize this character, see what happens with this, the relationships of like, I'm going to make the, like have these people battle next to each other. And then like they get become friends and you get to get to see that play out in the narrative. And, uh, but yeah, it's a super fun game and I'm having a great time with it Mm. so far. So whenever you hang on. Yes. You said you can recruit other people, and then mm-hmm. you bring over, and then you trick them. No, no, no. You don't trick them. Oh, this okay. is, you, you're like, hey, I've got the skills that you want over here. So you have to basically teach the things that they want to learn, and make them be like, hey, I want to learn from that teacher. Okay. And so then they join your house. Oh. And then inevitably, whenever the battle breaks out yeah. later on in the game, they yeah. have to battle. They you fight know, their 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 old the house. their old side. Yeah, the people the, okay. the 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 people that they left. So they've betrayed them. Essentially, yeah, they've yeah. made the betrayal. You've, not you. You have uh, brought them over you've here, them. and yeah, and then then they've betrayed okay. their you know, all their, But you can also you know, bring over their friends. There's no limit to the number of people you can bring over. Okay. But sometimes you're just like ah, don't really don't really like that person. Let me just leave them over there. All right. So, but anyway, it's, it's, it's so far, it's super fun. I uh, haven't gotten to any of the more twisty elements. Aaron Wright, who's been on the show before is also playing it. And he said uh, that uh, he's gotten to a couple moments where he's like, this is real good. Uh, and so anyway, I'm very, very excited to see what happens with this game. It's supposedly a very long game as well. Like one side will supposedly take you about you know, 50 to 60 hours to complete. Dang, dude. And so there's three sides, potentially four, depending <laughs> on the choice that's in the middle of it. So that's not, that's, <laughs> uh, so I was, I was into it until you said those words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and that's the thing is like, I, the, my, the, the Fire Emblem game that I have the most experience with and enjoyed the most, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, I, play these on hard mode so i play them on like you know the the hardest difficulty and then permadeath and so yeah. like if somebody dies and then oh i'm gonna reset or like i'm gonna roll back time and this one like it allows you to roll back like oh i want to roll back three uh turns so i don't get that person in that position to where they'll die um and you can only do that like twice in a battle or something like that so um but the uh, the past game I put so many hours into it just over the course of like years because I, like I wanted to see what happened with these characters because each different combination of character has a different support line story like where they're like oh here we're gonna we'll become friends and we like connect over this thing or hey we hate each other you know and then they they have this like rivalry kind of going um, and so I put I think a hundred and fifty hours into that game oh, before I grief. before I finished it. Um, but I did try to like see everything that it had. Um, and again, like this one is one where it's like, well, if I tried to see everything that it had, it would have roughly the same number of hours. Um, but I'm not sure, like it'll it just depends on how, like how it all shapes up. Cause there are, have been other Fire Emblem games since then that I've played and I've been like, ah, I'll just play one side of this. Like, yeah. oh, I'll play, you know, play for, you know, 40 hours and I'm done, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so this one, it'll just, we'll just, we'll see. It's lots of people love it. It's getting great reviews. But I haven't experienced it yet, so we'll keep updating. <laughs> you, think, you, you don't feel like it's worth it now? I think it's totally worth it. Oh, okay. Is the thing, but I I just want to like put that out there of like we'll see if I play through more than twice or something okay. like that. You know, the, right. the, the the third. I side, feel like playing through once. You've already. I mean, it's, if you're saying that's true. forty to sixty hours, it's a full game. <laughs> it's already insane. <laughs> it's very very big. Oh man! All right. Well, uh, later on we're talking about um, Movie Pass. That's right. But first, the news! Chris, this is almost exactly where we got into the news two episodes ago. That's awesome. It's pretty, pretty wild. Consistency. That's right. That's what we strive for. (laughs) 
I mean, you know, whenever she's sneaking up there, we're like, oh, it's getting up there. It's getting, we we're getting close. So I have two pieces of news. Um, the first one is about Disney Plus, which is the uh, Disney streaming service coming in November. And so this article is from The Verge. Disney announces a $12.99 bundle for Disney Plus, mm. Hulu, mm. and ESPN Plus. Mm. Um, so they're the, th- the three streaming services that they own and operate, like they're, they're offering a bundle that will pair it all together. Um, so going into the article, it says it's for $12.99 a month starting on November 12th. Um, and the company previously hinted at a bundle for all three services, but Bob Iger, CEO, made it uh, official during the company's investors' call. Uh, at $12.99, the bundle is cheaper than or on par with competitive streaming services, including Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. It's also significantly cheaper than HBO Max rumored streaming price for of $16 or $17 a month, which is something that's not coming out yet we don't know the official pricing of that yet wait H- hbo max i think isn't that the at&t and uh warner media's streaming service yeah yeah but don't you also get uh hbo stuff in there too uh, i believe so i mean otherwise it wouldn't be called like hbo but hbo something. already is 15 dollars yeah, so it's so AT&T's Warner Media is launching its streaming service uh, in beta later this year, bundling HBO, Cinemax, and a library of Warner Brothers movies uh, and TV. For how much? Uh, quote between sixteen and seventeen dollars a month. So HBO's, you can assume if it's <laughs> already fifteen dollars anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I mean, like that's extra content. Like, why not just you know? Anyway, yeah. Okay, so there, there's that. Okay, that's yeah. that, sorry, that was an offshoot. Yeah, that was, was a complete like, that, like that aside. That seems insane. There. Baff- yeah, yeah. That, that kind of baffles me <laughs> that they would do that. Yep. Um, for the extra two dollars per user, right? That they're you would get this other stuff. Why um, wouldn't you do it? Okay, so we we'll go. Okay, so how? And these are only for the base packages of these different streaming services. Yeah. So so Disney Plus only comes in one flavor, right? right? There's no like addition. No Disney Plus Plus. You know. Um, but H, but Hulu has like additional options. So this is just the base model with that. So this only includes the standard ad supported tier, of which Hulu, is normally how much? Which is normally five ninety nine a month. Okay, five ninety nine. Disney and Plus is what seven ninety nine? Yes, and then ESPN is four ninety nine. Okay, so five five ninety nine, four ninety nine. That's ten dollars right there. Plus the eight, so eighteen dollars normally yeah. Yeah. for all three of those, all and three you're getting it for how, for how much? For thirteen. Thirteen. So basically, if you have any two of these services, you might as well get the bundle and get the third one for free. I mean, you're just paying so much. Le- yeah, just like for an additional two two bucks or a couple right. bucks, you know. Yeah, because if you have Hulu and ESPN at this point, like literally, just pay two more dollars and you get Disney Plus. Or if you were going to get Disney Plus and had either of the other two, yeah. it's like yeah, it's a no brainer. You yeah. just get the third one free. Um, that's what, uh, so what's interesting to me is that they don't have, they haven't said like, so I play for the ad free version of Hulu. Right. Um, so like I will, you know, if I got this, I would want to upgrade it or see the difference in the, in the prices Yeah. because I, obviously I'm going to, every single person on the face of the planet is going to subscribe to uh Disney yeah. plus. At um, least at first for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think forever. Yeah. Uh, I am definitely going to. Yeah, agreed. And so. Especially since they made the uh, phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe tie into the TV shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or the TV shows are a part of it. Yeah, dude. That's so, so, that's so amazing. Yeah. 
it's funny. So, like, so, so I'm, the depressed- at, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. like, okay, on top of my already like twelve dollar Hulu subscription, I'm going to mm-hmm. pay another eight, so that would be twenty. I'm sure that some there's some kind of package that would package them together that would make it less. So I'll probably end up doing this at right. some point. Right, where basically you would get ESPN for free, essentially. Yeah, which, um, which I already get. I can already watch ESPN through my YouTube TV subscription. Right. Um, and ESPN Plus uh, is interesting. Like, it's an interesting service because I was like, oh, what's included in this? But it includes, um, uh, it says on their website, quote, hundreds of MLB, NHL, and MLS games, Grand Slam tennis, top rank boxing, PGA Tour golf, college sports, international rugby. But it doesn't have Sports Center. Like, that was the one thing where I was like, there's no Sports Center in this or ES- anything. ESPN like, Plus doesn't have Sports Center. Uh, ESPN Plus does not have Sports Center included in it, which is which is odd. Like, it doesn't have a lot of the other, like, kind of big shows that no, are on ESPN. Uh, I mean, that's that's one of the primary reasons you have you watch ESPN. Yeah, it's like, I don't really care necessarily about the live games all the time on ESPN because it's like, okay, well, that's cool. It's it, I m- would much rather have, like, the, an overview of sports in, like, a thirty-minute yeah. show, which is what Sports Center is, you know. So it's like that's the that's what I like ESPN I think for. They'd, think they'd rather you watch, they'd rather you subscribe to the, to some some kind of TV service that has that channel on for it. sure. And it would be nice, like in my mind, like I wouldn't mind like going back into like past sports, like past years. Oh, let's go like see what Sports Center was like, or or Baseball Tonight was like the year that the Cardinals won the World Series or whatever. Like I would love to like a backlog of those Man, things. And I that can't would be, even imagine. It would be fascinating to watch. I don't. I can't even imagine like how they would have to store all that. I know, right? Stream. That's just so much content. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Daily content for... Ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like, anyway, so that's the, the ESPN Plus thing where it's like, well, I don't know that I would ever necessarily subscribe to that just it by myself, Like, but if it was included in a bundle with Hulu, which I subscribe to during like television seasons and Disney Plus, it's like, of course, like, why wouldn't I, you know, take that and, and watch a few things on it? So yeah. Interesting, Chris. Disney Plus is gonna is gonna be uh, an interesting one. I also saw an article related to this of uh, how much money Disney Plus is spending on content versus Netflix. Mm. Um, and Disney Plus is uh, spending twenty four billion dollars on uh, their content this like yearly, like this year. And then uh, and, uh, Netflix is spending ten point five billion, so oh. like over twice as much. Um, for the Disney content. Over twice as much, but not yet profitable. But so. not yet profitable. Not profitable, won't be profitable. Like, what was it? What, what, it's like there. 2024 or Yeah, something it was something something really far away, five years or yeah. so. Um, other contenders there uh, are the NBC Universal, which also hasn't done their app yet or whatever, done done their, their program, but it's $13 billion. And then Warner Media, which is what we we're just talking about with um, HBO, was uh, $11 billion. What about Amazon? Amazon does $8 billion. Okay. And right. then Apple, a measly $1 billion. Are, we, are you saying the words billion? Billion, yeah, with so, a B. Yeah, that's still a lot. <laughs> I know. Um, which, honestly, though, is probably only, it could only be like two or three movies. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so, well, and we know one of those shows in Apple is uh, that Rob McElhinney show. Yep. Um, about a video game developer. Yeah. Uh, okay, awesome. cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I'll be interested to see uh, uh, how this all shakes out. Agreed. Uh, in video gaming news, we have a article here from IGN. It says, Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony are working on new policy for loot box probability. 
And uh, in the article, they talk about the Entertainment Software Association has announced that Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony are working on new loot box policies for their platforms that would disclose a range of odds for players' purchase. ESA Chief Counsel of Tech Policy Michael Warnick shared details Wednesday morning uh, at the Federal Trade Commission's Inside the Game workshop surrounding loot boxes, as reported by Games Industry. Um, so basically, w- what this boils down to is that the current platformers, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft, are working to implement a policy where they will have, like, game publishers will have to disclose what the odds are in each loot box that you uh you get which i feel like is is we've been talking about for years now where it's like oh this is this is a great like that's what needs to happen um is you just disclose those things like the, you know overwatch discloses them um because largely because like in in china they have to like by law have to disclose those things um and so this is a way where where they just the platform holders are are holding those uh publishers accountable and making more transparency for those who are purchasing things to say yeah what, i mean what are you purchasing a well, chance at what well, and honestly, like the odds, um, odds are, odds are printed on baseball cards. Yep. Odds are printed on lottery tickets. Yeah. Odds are printed like wh- why Funko pops, like the 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 mystery pops totally. or whatever. <laughs> why would they not be available here? Yeah. A- and and it's, it's like it's just a pro consumer move that makes sense, and it keeps the government off their back. That's very because true. honestly, like we were we're walking down a road where you're just inviting trouble mm-hmm. like if it's, it's almost like one of those situations where it's like well if you don't do this you're going to get made to do this and it's going to be a worse situation than if you just did yeah you're not going to be able to determine the terms you're not going to be determining the messaging you're yeah. just going to have to happen and you know well, and there like, might be other things totally. too and, well and, and and i don't think this is if anything this will um no one's going to be like what you're telling me only one in uh 25 or whatever i can get this one thing i'm not going to do it no mm-hmm. no one's going to do that yeah like we, we always in loot boxes, generally you knew like this is rare, this is not, mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's not going to cut into sales at all. No, so, and like, that's the thing is it hasn't cut into Overwatch's sales. Hasn't cut. Into, I think Apex does theirs, uh, and it doesn't cut into the companies that do supply those things. It doesn't cut into their sales. So again, it's like, well, why not? Why would you keep this stuff hidden away? Yeah. Um, so I mean, and and again, like for the policy, like the uh, the the distribution platforms to be like, okay. We're gonna do this for you guys. Make this decision for the publisher, yeah. So that way you don't have to get forced to later, yeah. you know. And it's like totally. that's that's def- definitely like said a pro consumer move, and it's definitely yeah. a you know it's it's a kind of a pro everybody move. Like oh, let's not let's not get people who don't understand gaming to make rules for gaming. Exactly. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like you start bringing. I think this this conversation we didn't we didn't talk about on here, but the the gambling kind of conversation with yeah. GTA online and yeah. like, and even like, you know, to me, it's like, so long, uh, for our listeners who don't know, uh, GTA five, they released, a, a an online update that allows you to go into a casino and gamble. And you can potentially in different places, parts of the world, you can buy chips with real money. You can't cash out and get real money back, but you can right. buy chips with real money. Yeah. The interesting thing to me that I'm like, at the end of the day, I really don't care because even if you do do that, what was it like a dollar and a half of real money? They limit it to like you can yeah, only buy, li- use a dollar and a half worth of chips every single day, in game day. And so I think it was it amounted to if you played for twelve hours, no breaks, straight, and got money every second that you were able to, it would amount to about fifteen twenty bucks. Like yeah. it was it was nothing like it's like well. If you were to sit anywhere, like in a in a <laughs> restaurant for like twelve hours yeah. straight, I would hope you would spend more than twenty bucks. You know, yeah. 
So I, you know, and like, yes, that's a, that's like that's that's um, that's on the edge. Mm-hmm. But like, what 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 we what you definitely don't want is it's all, only on the edge because it's literally in game gambling. Like it's like uh, right. If you were doing, oh, I'm gonna you know buy in game stuff, and I you know I'm gonna limit it to where you can only buy fifteen dollars worth of in game items uh, to you know or fuel for a, an in game vehicle, yeah. right? Where it's yeah. like, oh, I gotta gas up my car, and I can. I don't have to, but I can use yeah. real money to do this. It would you know I could you know, be fifteen dollars every every twelve hours of of gameplay. And it's like, okay, that's fine. Right. But the only reason that this is really on the line is because you it's not in-game fuel for an right. in-game vehicle. It's money for a casino. Right. Well, and, 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 I, and, I, and I totally get and I sympathize with people who, like, struggle with gambling addiction. So yes. it's like there's, there's that whole aspect of it. Yeah. That's, that's the part that, like, makes the line blurry and muddy. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day you're out 15 bucks a day yeah you know so like you know i don't know i'm not you know belittling people who like to you know it's 15 dollars is a big deal to them but like honestly like come on i mean Uh, well what we don't want to do as an industry is invite all these uh all the the laws lottery laws and gambling laws Mm -hmm. that are like different in every state and municipality and sometimes every town like every How are how in the world do you police that? Yeah, if you are a a platform holder or a I think you know like think about the the number of people you'd have to employ mm. just to make sure you're not violating any of those laws in all these different places. I think right. that's, this is like crap, guys. If you don't stop <laughs> this in some way, like you're gonna invite just you know fresh. Uh, I don't even know, just like problems into yeah. into our business. Yeah. Like stop yeah. it. And that's the thing, like about the the game, like so. Some countries, this like the the game in game casino in Grand Theft Auto Five or whatever uh, the online is not like people can't access it. So if you're in certain countries, like you can't access it. Um, but that's a little that's thrown you know into question. Whenever like you said, like from in the United States, from, from city to city, like the, the rules are different. Like you can like literally, it's like you can sit on one side of a river. And then it's like, well, on the other side of the river, there's a casino, but over here, pff, nothing. You know, you can't. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's it's to be able to do all of that, like outside of from country to country, because for country to country, like you have to have a, just a, a a person telling that country, oh, you know, you can't. Like we're going to disable this for that country. But you know, to do it from like, oh, where you're from, place to place, is like, ah, I don't know. This it's, it's yeah, like it's too too complicated too much much manpower that would need to go into that um additionally like um with with the the gambling as well as like now loot boxes it's like and whether loot boxes are gambling and like there's there's all those discussions that are happening and and some countries have come down on like yeah loot boxes are gambling some countries have said no they're not um the more that platform holders can do to avoid that those decisions being made by the government the better like the more protections you can put in place and and to keep that that kind of rule those laws out of like just completely like oh they're just gonna write off all dlc like because that's that's been in some some places like that's it's like any dlc is bad or any any in-game purchase you can make is bad where they equate a loot box to a like oh a skin for you know something that you know you're buying um and so you know that's something that i I would like to see be avoided across the board where it's like, let's not, let's not just muddy the waters for, for people who don't understand the difference between like a loot box and a, just an in-game item. Um, 
So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like, yes, that was one on the fringe of the discussion, the like DLC kind of thing. I'm like, I don't know how who was falling for that anyway. Um, I just feel like with people who don't, you know, don't. <laughs> For people who don't understand gaming, it's like, oh, you know, what's the difference between, oh, what's the difference between buying this on there and then buying this on there? Which yeah. one's the gambling or which one's the like... Which one's the gambling? Which one's the gambling? Which, which, which one's not? the gambling? <laughs> yeah, which is the gambling button? Where's the gambling buy button? Gamble. <laughs> press, press G for gamble. <laughs> um, <laughs> hold hilarious. X to pay respects. Hold it, yeah. <laughs> press F to pay respects. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I'm glad they're doing this. Agreed helps like clarify things that's right do you buy loot boxes chris yeah i buy loot boxes <laughs> me too <laughs> who doesn't like buy loot boxes i mean i was just curious like if you know because there's some people who are just write off loot boxes i didn't know you know those people are liars <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're telling me you haven't bought a single loot box in your life <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous i uh again like with a lot of like the figures and things like that the, and you know packs of like baseball cards it's like of course like this is all a loot box it's a physical like it's a real like physical loot box well, and that's you know so. and, I, and i know you know like because <laughs> it's a random chance uh, i don't know man it's crazy <laughs> is that the news chris that's the news all right chris oh i need to read this article we're talking about <laughs> this article that you're about to read all right, so uh, just so you know, I uh, I went through a lot of hoops to get this article. That's right. There's a lot of subscriptions and a lot of like verifying your subscription, but you can't access it from the oh, man, Safari. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So uh, if you wanted to read this, you have to either um, subscribe to something like uh, Apple's News Plus, where mm-hmm. that gives you access, to, which I do. I do. Uh, but I can't just go onto the website and get access to it because you have to subscribe to their like online access or something. Anyway, like in 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 there. You this is Business stuff. Insider. I'm going to read this. It's going to be long, and you can put a stop to me anytime. Okay. But um, we'll uh, we'll go. The definitive story of how a controversial Florida businessman blew up MoviePass and burned hundreds of millions by Jason Garasio. Uh, this was a uh, just for some backstory. He says at some point in here, but it was like a four month long investigative journalism piece. As the sun set, set on June 14, 2018, John Travolta stood outside Manhattan's SVA Theater. He'd arrived for the premiere of Gotti, a biop- biopic of infamous mafia kingpin John Gotti, in which Travolta played the starring role. Greeting Travolta on the red carpet were Ted Farnsworth and Mitch Lowe, two businessmen who'd made the release possible after they'd taken an equity stake in the film months earlier. But if Travolta knew who they were, his blank expression in the photos he took with them didn't show it. In fact, if the actor knew more about them, he'd likely have wondered why they were grinning ear to ear. Farnsworth was the CEO of Helios and Matheson Analytics, the parent company of MoviePass, the buzzy movie ticket subscription service with ambitions of becoming the next Netflix. Lowe was the CEO of MoviePass, and Gotti represented their next big move, movie making. But MoviePass was burning through millions of dollars to keep up with subscriber demand. Lowe and Farnsworth, meanwhile, were blocking subscribers out of their accounts and misleading investors, according to multiple former employees, desperate measures designed to keep the company alive. There was one conspicuous absence at the premiere, Stacy Spikes, the entrepreneur who founded MoviePass in 2011. This spring, when I met with Spikes, 51, he still had the slim figures, thin-framed glasses, and big smile he had back when he was hustling to put MoviePass on the map. His dream? A service that allowed you to see everything from summer blockbusters to art house fair at any time for a monthly fee. 
For a while, amid numerous fits and starts and fundraising crises, it worked. Then in January 2018, Justice Movie Pass added its millionth subscriber, Farnsworth, and Lowe fired him. Surprisingly, Spikes wasn't bitter. Quote, how he got there was messy, but innovation is always messy. Quote, end quote, he said. Now, 18 months after Spike's departure, the once high-flying company is practically dead after losing millions of subscribers in less than two years. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Since July... I told you about the death of MoviePass. <laughs> Since July 4th, MoviePass has been shut down to resolve, quote, technical problems, end quote. Man, they, like, <laughs> they, they knowing what's coming in this article, the old technical problems yeah, and, the, the old and technical difficulties trick. The old technical, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a trick they pull multiple times there, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. <laughs> Keep listening. Secrecy hangs over what remains of MoviePass, a company that misled both subscribers and investors, and according to multiple former employees, made many employees extremely uncomfortable. Hundreds of pages of SEC documents show in clinical detail the gobs of money the company spent trying to keep the lights on and just how little it was generating. Through interviews with over a dozen sources who worked at the company or had a close association with it, many of whom spoke on condition of anonymity because of the non-disclosure agreements they signed, I learned how an idealistic founder's desperate search for cash to keep his company alive led to a swift downfall. Subtitle, Aggressive Marketing and Questionable Practices. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh the gosh. most questionable. And this is the thing. I, I sympathize for anyone who worked there and had to deal with this and like lost a job or whatever. Oh, dude, like, if you talk about people being uncomfortable, and I'm like, man, of course. But, like, but this, all, like As I learn more, I'm like, you should this, go this back. would make me uncomfortable too. We, we've had at least two other episodes where we just like lit into MoviePass. Dude, so MoviePass, man. We, I will say, with we've see, we saw this coming, John. Yeah, that's right. This was not... A surprise. No. Was it, did this surprise you? No, it didn't no. surprise me. I don't think. I, th- I think that anybody, <laughs> anybody who tried to use MoviePass, yeah, in that last like in in the year before they like did change their like whole model or whatever, right? I think that you probably knew. Yeah, you know. All right. Stacy Spikes always loved movies. As a high school kid growing up in Houston, Texas, he worked at a video game store. Or sorry, a video store. In his 20s, he helped market film soundtracks at Sony. By 1994, he was vice president of marketing at Merrimax. In 97, he founded the Urban World Film Festival, which featured the work of diverse filmmakers, including future stars like Ava DuVernay and Malcolm D. Lee. The festival's success got Spikes and executives with Lowe's Cinemaplex, one of the big movie chains at the time, thinking you could see, quote, you could see Netflix, Spotify, Pandora, Hulu. This whole subscription wave was on the horizon, end quote, Spike said. Quote, so it was like, why not make a subscription for movie going, end quote. MoviePass began with Spikes, a team of five scrappy 20-something developers and a phone. In 2005, they created an SMS-based prototype for purchasing tickets, but they couldn't get a major chain to, chain to give it a try. Things seemed to turn around after Spikes brought on Ham- Hammett Watt as a co-founder. Together, they raised a combined $1 million from AOL and True Ventures, a San Francisco venture capital firm. But when a launch on July 4, 2011 was scrapped because of lack of interest from the theaters, Spikes had to start over. First, Spikes and his team had to find a way around the big chains. To do that, they devised a prepaid credit card. Using the app, subscribers would find a theater, select a movie, and screening time, then go to the kiosk and order the ticket using the prepaid card. Essentially, the company paid back the theaters the full ticket price for the movies that its subscribers were seeing. The MoviePass team also still needed to perfect its tech to match the user with the right theaters, so the developer built a geolocation system from scratch, plugging in the longitude and latitude of the front door of every movie theater in America. That's so wild. Yeah. That's the, so wild. The 90-day effort nearly bankrupted the company. 
But this is in 2011. So this is before anything. Yeah. Like before, like they're even <laughs> off the ground. But in February 2011, an impressed True Ventures greenlit $1.5 million in funding. Subscription numbers jumped from 5,000 in 2012 to 10,000 by 2015. But even then, the company continued to sputter after a deal with AMC fell through in 2016. I now have AMC's own version of this, the mm-hmm. AMC Movie Pass. Or Which not is- Movie Pass, AMC's the Stubbs. A list or whatever. A list preferred, yeah. yeah. The uh, the interesting thing is, I feel like that's where that's where it should be anyway. Is like with the theater owners, like or the theater like companies, like it should yeah. be a subscription thing there. Like it just makes more sense. Like you don't have to jump through as well, many hoops. We can get that. We can get there at the end. As desperate, desperate for cash, MoviePass held a series of meetings in New York in the summer of 2017 with prospective investors. Ted Farnsworth attended one of the meetings. A tad under six feet tall, Farnsworth resembles an economics professor more than a cutting-edge entrepreneur. He's balding, wears style, stylish, thick-rimmed glasses, and often dresses in business casual attire with the sleeves rolled up to his elbows. He comes off as a bumbling, lovable sort of optimistic guy, one former MoviePass employee said. He wants to be your friend. He's always on. Another former staffer put it differently. Quote, the first conversation I had with Ted, I think I left thinking, this guy is a con artist. <laughs> Over the past three decades, Farnsworth has registered more than 50 companies in Florida, including a psychic hotline started in 1998. Fronted by Latoya Jackson, the company's name, the Psychic Discovery Network, appeared in a notice from the Federal Communications Commission of paper call services that had received more than 50 complaints. Numerous complaints that went public while Farnsworth was at the helm were valued at less than, oh, sorry, numerous companies that went public. While Farnsworth was at the helm, were valued at less than $1 a share within three years. Only four of his companies remain in operation today. Farnsworth himself has been cited 11 times for failing to pay federal income taxes on time. Yet Farnsworth never seemed to have a problem failing up. In 2017, he became CEO of data company Helios and Matheson Analytics. According to its website, the company specializes in insights into social phenomena. But like Farnsworth, it too had a troubled past. In 2016, its India-based former parent company was accused of defrauding thousands of investors. Good night. Dang. Farnsworth pitch, Farnsworth's pitch to MoviePass, $25 million for 51% of the company, two seats on the five-member board, and I promise to drop the monthly subscription price temporarily from $50 to $9.95 with the goal of hitting 100,000 subscribers. If all went well, the next step would be taking MoviePass public. But Farnsworth's plan worried Spikes. To him, $10 a month was too low. At that price, MoviePass would start losing money when a subscriber used the service more than once a month. So, <laughs> which is the whole point, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> take, take the why, service. Why Farnsworth settled on $10 is unclear. Several people told me he wanted a price that would grab headlines. Some simple arithmetic should have dissuaded him. In the U.S., the average price for a movie ticket is about $9. If a customer ordered a ticket every day for a month, the maximum the movie pass allowed, it would cost movie pass $270, of which the subscriber's fee would cover just $10. But in July 2017, the movie pass board agreed to the deal. And on August 17, the price drop went into effect. Thanks to word of mouth buzz and press attention, within two days, subscriptions jumped from about 20,000 to 100,000. MoviePass had transformed from a scrappy startup trying to keep the lights on to a disruptor in the making. To a disruptor in the making trying to keep the lights on. Farnsworth and Lowe, we're about halfway through. Farnsworth and Lowe, who came on as MoviePass's CEO in 2016, became the faces of the company. They often made key decisions inside Helios and Matheson's Empire State Building office without spikes, 
who by then had become chief operating officer. The staff ballooned, quadrupling from 10 to 40 by the end of 2017. To celebrate, Farnsworth hosted a company event in November at his midtown apartment. He gave an impassioned speech with one clear message. According to those in attendance, they were part of something big. But Spike saw a looming disaster. The company was overwhelmed by its overnight success and couldn't keep up with demand. A quarter million new subscribers were signing up every month, and MoviePass customer service lines were flooded with complaints from people who had been waiting weeks for their cards. I had to wait a while for my card. I remember like you talking on the podcast, like yeah. how long I was waiting for the card. Yeah, I had to wait a while for mine, I think, too. MoviePass had lowballed the number of cards it would need after the price drop. It got to a point where the vendor making the MoviePass cards didn't have enough plastic and had to call on its competitors to fulfill all the card orders. Man. We all knew we were selling something we couldn't deliver on, one former staffer said. <laughs> Spikes couldn't stay quiet. He'd often beg Lowe in private conversation and private to convince Farnsworth that the $10 plan would doom them. To no one's surprise, in late December, Spikes and co-founder Watt were voted off the board. Helios was now in full control of MoviePass. In Janu on January 9, 2018, Spikes received an email from Lowe. It explained that MoviePass, the company he'd built from scratch, no longer needed his services. Quote, an email... A former staffer said, all those years for getting the company off the ground, and that's how he's treated, end quote. The same day, MoviePass reached 1 million subscribers, a milestone it hit faster than Netflix and Hulu. A press release to mark the occasion included a picture of a smiling Farnsworth on low, standing before the AMC marquee in New York Times Square, holding MoviePass cards, a dig at the biggest movie chain in the world, which had previously tried and failed to ban the service from its theaters. I remember that happening, too. Yep. As I one source close to the company put it, from then on, it became the Mitch and Ted show. Subtitle, the company falls into substantial doubt. On the night of April 14, 2018, in Palm Springs, California, Farnsworth sat in his hotel room banging out a furious email. It was addressed to MoviePass staffers who had come to the annual Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival to work a promotional event the company would host with iHeartRadio. Already, the company had made an impression on the festival. A MoviePass banner flew high above the festivities. Scantily clad Instagram influencers posted pictures with MoviePass swag. Former basketball star and amateur diplomat Dennis Rodman had shown up in a helicopter bearing the company's logo with members of Jerry Media, an online advertising company known best for its at FJerry Instagram account and for running social media for the doomed fire festival. Oh, man. <laughs> Did you ever watch those documentaries? No, I haven't. Yeah. Bro, you should totally oh, watch man. those. You would, you would love them. It blew. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just love it. Like doing uh, social media for two dooms. Yeah. <laughs> now it counted MoviePass among its clients. That's the subject good. of Farnsworth's. Uh, it'll be funny if they make a documentary out of this too. The really subject funny. of Farnsworth's April 14 email was a concert by the rapper Big Boy, scheduled for the following day at the Chateau, a posh boutique hotel at La. La Lake La Quinta. This would be the latest event at Coachella, co-hosted by MoviePass. Only a handful of people had attended each of the previous ones. Farnsworth would not accept another dud. In the email, he told his staff to meet the next morning at 8. At the meeting, Farnsworth warned that turnout for Big Boy had better be huge. He, quote, <laughs> quote, he yelled and cursed at everyone, <laughs> end quote, a former staffer who was at the meeting said. Farnsworth also blamed his staff for the poor per turnout at the previous events. Oh, a company spokesperson did not respond to a request for comment on that meeting. This is definitely, def definitely somebody you want to lead your company. To draw a crowd, MoviePass blasted out an invitation to the Big Boy Show to its then 2 million subscribers. 
All they had to do was show up with their movie pass cards or flash their app and movie history at the door, and they were in. Quote, okay, fine, you're welcome to screenshot this and send to a friend if you're not at the festival, end quote, the invitation read. The invitation spread on social media and Reddit where many subscribers commented that MoviePass should be more concerned about its poor customer service than throwing a flashy party. Back in New York, MoviePass's customer service lines were clogged with calls from disgruntled subscribers who still didn't have their cards. But Farnsworth was pleased and the company made a promotional video bragging about the big boy show. It featured people dancing at a sunny spot dotted by palm trees and included sound bites like, I'm actually going to go to the movies way more and the theater is an experience. (laughs) <laughs> Months later, MoviePass staffers would learn that the festivities had cost the bleeding company more than $1 million. Oh. On April of 17, 2018, <laughs> days after the Coachella event, Helios and Matheson filed its annual 10K report to the SEC. It reported a loss in 2017 of $150.8 million, prim- uh, quote, primarily due to the acquisition of MoviePass, end quote. Wow. Things had become so dire that Helios and Matheson's independent auditor noted in the filing it had substantial doubt about its ability to stay in business. (laughs) The internal auditor. Spike's prophecy that a $10 month plan was unsustainable appeared to be close to coming true. Sub to almost done. Sub, sub, sub the, yeah. the, the internal auditor, the, uh, that makes me think of the movie The Producers with Nathan Lane. Yeah. This is where we get crazy, folks. So if you, <laughs> if you, if you stood with us this long, uh, all right, Sub, mm. subtitle, taking drastic measures to keep the company alive. This is where my jaw will drop to the ground yeah. numerous times. One big way MoviePass covered its massive losses was by selling millions of new shares to individual investors through Helios and Matheson's NASDAQ-listed stock, HMNY. But that wasn't enough. Luckily, Mitch Lowe had a plan. Lowe's happy-go-lucky persona marked a shift from the all-business spikes, whom he had replaced in the company hierarchy as CEO. On the rare occasion Lowe made it into the office, staff would need an, almost an entire day to get him up to, up to speed. His general attitude, as one source described, was, well, what do you think we should do? Oh, no. Or probably should more, well, what do, what you, do you think, think we, we should, should do? do? <laughs> yeah. Lowe dreaded the company's power users, those high-volume MoviePass customers who were taking advantage of the low monthly price, constantly going to the movies and effectively cleaning the company out. Yep, 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 yep. yep. I know the, a few of those. Yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, I went to at least a couple yeah, of months. Oh, like my my, uh, my friend, friend, friend Ben, he went to the movies like every night. According to the Motion Picture Association of America, the average moviegoer goes to the movies five times a year. The power users would go to the movies every day. Quote, before yeah. Mitch came on, it was, how do we slow the, down those users? One former employee said, quote, with Mitch, it was just F those guys. <laughs> <laughs> End quote. Per Lowe's orders, MoviePass began limiting subscriber access ahead of the April release of the highly anticipated Avengers Infinity War, mm. according to multiple former employees. They said Lowe ordered that the passwords of a small percentage of power users be changed, preventing them from logging onto the app and ordering tickets. Quite literally, I think that happened to my friend. <laughs> Ahead of the release of Avengers, some subscribers took their complaints about the MoviePass login headaches to Reddit. A few seemed to assume it was just a tech glitch. According to a MoviePass spokesperson, shortly before the release of the new Avengers film, the service released a new version of the app designed to help prevent violations of its terms of, terms of use. It, quote, reduced the number of people who were sharing their membership card with multiple people. It reduced the number of people who were buying and scalping tickets to the high-demand movies, and it reduced the number of people who were buying tickets each day to various movies and then exchanging them for a single movie and bringing three or four people to the same movie, 
end quote. Oh, my goodness. That was whenever we started to have to take pictures of our ticket stubs. Oh, my goodness. Remember we talking about that? I do remember that, dude. The spokesperson said, quote, MoviePass purchased many millions of dollars of tickets for Avengers, as we did for other hit titles, end quote. It didn't help. MoviePass was losing at least $40 million a month by the end of July 2018. In the midst of a record summer movie season, on July 26th, the company ran out of money to load on MoviePass cards. Helios and Matheson borrowed $5 million in cash to get it running again, according to a filing with the SEC. But the temporary loss of cash led Lowe to make Mission Impossible Fallout, among the most anticipated releases of the year, unavailable on MoviePass. Remember that? I do uh, remember that. Oh, man. Um, he also ordered that half of subscribers be frozen out the weekend of its release, which I remember looking for, for any movie, and it was just nothing. Dude, yeah. Four yeah. employees said. Complaints once again appeared online, leading, of course, leading MoviePass to send out a tweet saying it was, quote, working on a fix toward this technical issue. Oh, technical issues, Chris. Yep. Technical issues again. Love it. A company spokesperson <laughs> said, quote, the week Mission Impossible was, was released, the merchant processor that funds the MoviePass membership card stopped advancing funds for the purchase of movie tickets for our subscribers. Mm. As a result, the number of tickets we could purchase was greatly reduced, end quote. So lying about it. Mm-hmm. Blaming someone else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pulling so MoviePass offline for some 600,000 of its customers during the release of Fallout revealed fragility at the heart of the enterprise. Hugh Chin, the first compliance counsel expert at the U.S. Department of Justice, described Lowe's actions as, quote, certainly unethical and could be illegal, end quote. <laughs> oh. oh, quote, if a company is essentially interrupting its service on purpose so that the customers would not be able to use it as promised, that sounds like cheating to me. Yep. Without having any further knowledge, I don't want to make a legal characterization to call it fraud, but it certainly sounds like it's cheating the customers. That kind of cheating is at least unethical, and it's easily something that would be illegal with the right set of circumstances, yep. Chin said. And the fact that you lied about it after the fact, that also, like, it's... Mm. Well, and we talked about that because yep. we knew it wasn't oh, right. Oh, yeah, of course. We of knew. Of course. We called this. <laughs> after that weekend, things would never be the same for MoviePass. Perlow's orders, big blockbusters would no longer be available on the app. MoviePass also enforced what it called a tripwire, an automatic shutdown mechanism for all users that would be activated if MoviePass went past a certain amount balance. I guess as a whole? Yeah, like total. Like, that if, seems if like money ever ridiculous. ran out, subscribers would see the following message on the app. Quote, there are no more screenings at this theater today. End mm, quote. No more screenings at this yeah, theater no, it's today. It's all full. Oh. It's all sold out. How? Oh. How is someone going to see... Uh, just love dogs for the uh, 100th time. Don't worry about the fact that you can walk up to the window and just buy an entire theater there, like, if you had the cash. Ooh, you know, there's, it's all sold out. There's no more showings. The tripwire started at a few, mi few million dollars, but eventually it wound down to a few hundred thousand. Dang. Quote, it was That's a guessing so low. game. It was a guessing game. There were some days we actually got all the way through without the tripwire going off, said a former staffer. MoviePass did not... Probably Tuesdays. Yeah. <laughs> MoviePass did not respond to a request for comment on the tripwire. Meanwhile, Farnsworth was trying to play a smoke and mirrors game with the market. In August, I guess this is August of last year, mm -hmm. uh, MoviePass announced it was ditching the plan Farnsworth had floated and increased the monthly subscription to $14.95. I remember them saying that. Yep. They'd stick with $9.95. A former employee involved with the discussions about pricing believed the company never intended on a $14.95 price and only wanted to see if the news would cause Helios' stock to climb. Hmm. The stock continued to trade below $1, eventually losing 99.99% of its value as it wiped out shareholders. 
Well, you think about like they sold all the extra like stock. They introduced more stock whenever it was at you know a year yeah, earlier. Yeah, doing that. And like then now there's just they've diluted the value of each individual share like by a ridiculous number. Farnsworth had once again saddled a company with penny stock status. Quote: MoviePass over the years has tested various price points from eight ninety five to eighty nine ninety five and plans to continue to provide different options that meet different consumers' needs. A company spokesperson told Business Insider. Quote, MoviePass had every intention to move to a $14.95 monthly price point when it was announced. However, shortly after the announcement, as a result of our strategy discussions, we determined to change course back to the $9.95 monthly price point. End quote. By the end of 2018, it dawned on most of those working at MoviePass that they weren't working for the next Netflix. In October 2018, the New York Attorney General's office announced an investigation into whether Helios and Matheson misled investors. Working conditions inside the company had become untenable unless you were part of Farnsworth inner circle. These folks rode on private jets and accompanied him to high-end functions. Case in point was Bob Ellis, a longtime friend of Farnsworth. He hired as a marketing consultant after Coachella. It didn't take long for the energetic 72-year-old with a year-round golden brown tan to clash with MoviePass's marketing team, staffed by women in their 20s. The team often told Ellis his suggested social media posts which featured women sporting MoviePass merchandise while wearing revealing clothing, were on brand. Ellis, in turn, talked down to the marketing team. At times, staff would hear him yelling at them, driving them to tears, staff said. Formal complaints about Ellis's behavior were sent to human resources. Allegations that he would inappropriately touch female staff at events and call or text them near non-business hours also surfaced. Ellis finally crossed the line at the Gotti premiere when he approached a female employee whom human resources had told him to leave alone. Lowe assured the staff... The following Monday that Ellis had been fired, but Farnsworth's friend kept popping up in the Instagram stories posted by executives at MoviePass gatherings, including one on Farnsworth's yacht, the staff observed. Ellis did not respond to several requests for for comment. As morale at MoviePass plummeted, many employees quit. The exodus included product manager Eric Ying, who left the company in January. In a 704-word letter to the entire company on the day of his exit, Jing accused MoviePass executives of fostering a, quote, perilous work environment for their employees who were working long hours while fearful of the financial future and stability of the company, end quote. Jing wrote, it sends an incredibly selfish message to MoviePass employees that members of management are living lavishly and seemingly carefree with no concern for the company or its employees. It is clear to me that our work environment has become simply too dangerous and toxic. All right, this last thing. Subtitle, my role in it is exactly what it was supposed to be. By the start of 2019, Stacy Spike's dream was dead. So too was Farnsworth's dream of becoming a star player in the movie industry. MoviePass's distribution arm, MoviePass Ventures, had only true credits to its name, the Sundance Entry, American Animals, and Gotti, which scored a horrific 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. MoviePass Films, its production arm, had been, has been involved in only a few co-releases bought by the indie label Neon. In February, after months of trading below $1, MoviePass was delisted from the NASDAQ. In the same month, a couple, couple from Seacliff, New York, filed a class action lawsuit alleging MoviePass was a quote, bait-and-switch scheme. Starting in late 2018, tens of thousands of subscribers began canceling the service. I was one of them. You were one of them. Yep. My wife was one of them. I mean, I think I canceled, I canceled like, last summer. Like Since right, my friends like, were alone. As soon as, as soon as one weekend, like, you couldn't go to the movies or, like, or, ben, you know, my friend couldn't go to the movies, it's like, 
Yeah. I was just like, okay, I'm done. In April, after much of MoviePass management was fired or had quit, internal data that I obtained showed the company's subscription count had fallen from over 3 million to about 225,000. Since the July 4th shutdown, Farnsworth and Lowe are nowhere to be found, as most of the staff have yet to learn the cause of the company's halt, one source said. At present, service has been restored to 40% of subscribers, according to a company spokesperson. What does that even mean? What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) And while movie... Why why are people still working there? I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, and honestly, after, after the whole Coachella thing, like... You're, you know, the 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 head honcho yells at you and blames you for like this poor performance of this party or whatever, and then do, proceeds to do these ridiculous things, and can you know you're again like they talk about like, this toxic work environment of like Leave they're like company. living it up and then everybody else is doing the work and it's like this is terrible. Quit like this isn't all like ah yeah I'm and I, I like I I hesitate just to get down on that because you in every company you have executives make a ton of money. And there are people at the bottom doing the work, obviously, like the tactical work. So, like that's not necessarily, but but the rest of it is definitely bad. Yeah. Uh, and while MoviePass nosedived as, as suddenly as it climbed, it will have a lasting effect on the movie theater business. The 2017 summer movie season saw a 25 year low in attendance, but the industry rebounded in a big way the following year, raking in a, a record 11.89 billion dollars at the box office. A revival MoviePass contributed to, industry experts say. AMC, Regal, Cinemark, the three biggest movie chains in the U.S. now all have their own movie ticket subscription services. Mm. It's as if MoviePass had to die in order for their plans to live. Which I didn't know Regal had one. I need to look at that. I need to look at that up. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah. We have Regal around here. I go to Regal most of the time. Yeah. Uh, Spikes, meanwhile, has stayed positive. He even keeps the first ever MoviePass card created on his desk. Yes, an investor ran his dream into the ground, but he says there's, oh, quote, there's no such thing as a mistake. Everything is going into the next phase, end quote. Spikes recently launched a successful Kickstarter campaign for a service called Pre-Show, which allows users to watch branded content on their phones in order to go see movies for free. When Spikes showed me the demo, his excitement reminded me of his early days building MoviePass. Quote, no one would care about Pre-Show if what happened didn't happen, end quote, Spikes said without a hint of anger. Quote, things went a little sideways, so I thought t- talking to investors now would be, le- be ugh, you started MoviePass. But it's you started MoviePass. It's different than I thought. My role in it is exactly what it was supposed to be. End quote. Hmm. That's the end. Editing by Siddhartha Manahanta and Nathan McLone. Remember, this is from Business Insider by Jason Garasio. Yeah. It's good reporting. It's fantastic, dude. Crazy story. Fantastic investigative reporting. Um, so here's the thing. I don't know <laughs> that you look at, did you find Regals? Yeah, yeah. What is Regals? So Regals is top tier, unlimited all access with no blackout dates, and you get ten percent off of uh, off of your like soft drinks and like any of that concessions, um, as well as a free popcorn and soda on your birthday. Right. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> uh, it costs twenty three fifty a month. Hmm. So twenty four. Other, other tiers. Um, yes, it looks like there are. I don't know. That's the top tier one. Okay, so then there's the. Lowest tier, 
Uh, um, so the first is $18 a month, <sighs> and it lets you watch unlimited standard format movies. Uh, um, and then the next tier is $21, and that lets people watch... Oh, I guess they, oh they limit the number of theaters. So the first one, eighteen is eighteen dollars is only two hundred Regal theaters across the country, and the next one's four hundred theaters across the country, and then the unlimited one is all of the theaters across. That's the weird. All right, that's done. It's really complicated. A- yeah, AMC, should not be that. AMC just has one, and it's yeah. twenty dollars, and you can see up to three movies a week. Yeah, and you can you're not uh, limited to format. Right. So, um. That's the thing, but like, so both of these that are working mm-hmm. around twenty dollars. Yeah, like I don't know that Movie Pass ever should have been ten dollars, dude. Like it seems like they t- they who <laughs> like the guy who picked the ten dollars. Yeah, literally just pulled a number that sounded like oh, everybody would get on for ten dollars a right. month, and you know what? You're right. Everyone got on for ten dollars a right. month, well, and it, <laughs> it was other, a disaster for you. Here's the other thing that like that movie passed doesn't have that the theaters do have. Yeah, it's like the theaters know that if they get you in the door, you're going to buy concessions. Yeah, and honestly, they make most of that money off of concessions anyway. Right. right. Um, I don't know if most of their money, but they make a lot of money off of it. Right. Because like you think about like well, number one, they have to pay the 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 people the movie makers and um like. You're you're talking about popcorn and soda, mm-hmm. which is like literally some of the cheapest, mm-hmm. uh, most inexpensive things to make. Yeah, and then then obviously like candy, you know, it's like but like candy too. Know, but there's yeah. a huge markup on candy. Like you buy candy totally. at you know at Target, and it's like four dollars more expensive at the theater. But so. they can offset the cost of like you not paying for your ticket right. with concessions. I mean, I went, makes sense. You know, Didi and I we went to go see Hobbs and Shaw. I used my AMC. Stubbs A list. That's one of the reasons we did it is because I can use that. But they, uh, uh, we we ate in the dine-in, so yeah. we spent like forty bucks there. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's more than worth it for the. The theater. dine-in is delicious food. It is delicious here food. In Fran- oh my goodness, those burgers. Oh my. Yeah. God, so good. And the you need to try the dry rub on the wings. I do need to try the dry rub. It's it's bone-in wings, which it's is not wings. necessarily always it's, my favorite. It's but worth it, though. if they're well, like well done, like if they're well cooked, they're well I'm cooked. Good, so yeah, um, and so. I don't know if that ten dollars would have ever worked. No, do you? No, I don't think it would. Because like you think about like if if they're literally looking at their their customer base and saying, "Don't use this the way that we're we've advertised it." We've said you can go exactly, see unlimited yeah. movies in a month, but then if the the reality is if you go see more than one, we lose money. Like, come on! Well, I never I never lost money because I always at least saw one movie every month. It's it's also while dumb it. to to create a product. That will naturally attract power, what they were calling power users. For sure. Because if you're just going to one movie a month, you don't need this service. Yeah. If you're going to more than one, yeah. that's who, who you're trying to go for. Yeah. I mean, if they were going to do it, they should have limited, like, hey, you can go to four movies a month right. or raise the price or whatever. But they have to make the pricing work out. Like, the thing of doing it on this end, because, again, like, you're right, the theater, as long as they can get you in the door, like, you, you can, they can make money other ways. But MoviePass, because they're a third party, like, they don't make money on anything besides your subscription. Yeah. And so, unless you see fewer, like, as just, unless nationwide people saw fewer movies than the number of subscriptions there were... MoviePass would never make money, right? Which is 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 like, how do you make money on that? Is uh, unless you, everyone just forgets Again, they have the subscription the and like lets not, it auto renew and like. That's what I was saying. Like the people who are who are buying your product yeah. are not the people who aren't going to go see movies. Right. Like you're basically betting on people just forgetting that they subscribe. 
So like, despite the fact that it's, there's a like, it's not just like Netflix where it's like, oh, I just haven't opened up my TV or haven't been in front of my TV. Like, if there's a card in your like wallet or or whatever, and it's like every time I got out money, I was like, oh, I have that movie pass card. I need to go to a movie. Like, I would be reminded of it constantly that hey, like I have right. this subscription, I have this thing, like to go that I can go do. Well, and the piece of this, uh, the part of this that, that, that this article doesn't touch on, and we talked about a little bit, was the data collection side of it. You know, it's data analyst. It's true. It's a data firm. And they were collecting data, but then then they there was so much backlash against that. They said they weren't collecting data. I guarantee they were still collecting data. For I guarantee sure. it. But like, what are they doing with that? They obviously weren't making enough money off of it to warrant right all this loss they were taking. Originally, the theory was that hey, like oh, we know you went and saw this movie, and so you saw this trailer, so we can advertise on your Facebook that same trailer, and you know you'd be interested in seeing that movie. Or we know that this is the type of movies that you enjoy going to see. We're gonna now like use that data to advertise to you on on your social medias or whatever. Yeah. And that, I don't think that ever really materialized in any concrete form. Like then I, I never really connected it to my Facebook or anything. So it's like I didn't see anything that was remotely even close to them using my data for that. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that because again it's like, hey, I wanted you you're basically telling me about something that I might want to see that I, I it high likelihood that I will want to see it. It's the same thing as like my my Netflix suggestions or whatever. Um and so I don't know, like the data collection thing was definitely something that I thought they were they were leaning into more early on. But then it became, like you said, like it became this big scandal of like, oh, they, they track your location, not just whenever the app is open. It's like, well, every app does that, like close your apps. Um, you know, it's like, don't leave them in standby don't, mode don't or like, whatever. Do don't that. allow them to do that while you're not open, you know. Yeah. So anyway, it's it, it became less about the the, the data and being able to make money that way and more just hard numbers subscriptions. That apparently no one did. Nope. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, he, he makes the point kind of early on in a sarcastic way, but it's like, yeah, no, it, it seems like they what they should have done if you are if you are running this company right, you would say, okay, even if we are, there needs to be a point at which your customers make you money. Yeah. And even if early on you're saying, hey, I'm taking a loss on this in the hopes Mm-hmm. That this will pay off in the end. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Or you don't. So go- we talked about with the Disney thing. Like they plan. Like they're they're going to be profitable in their their projections. Like their plan, their big roadmap. It's like we'll be profitable by you know twenty twenty four. It's like okay, so five years from now we'll be profitable. We just we just need to make it through to those first five years, and then we're profitable. Yes, and then but, you you have enough customers to offset your operating expenses. But at no point does it seem like. Anyone had that map, like no. that roadmap, no. And, and no, none of them, you know they're they're more worried about throwing well, parties. They, well, they're more worried about throwing parties, but also like worried about going public. It sounded like why go yeah. public? Why why not just keep you know getting some VC funding mm-hmm. and not going public? Because once you go public, you are then it's it's a much more volatile situation. It, yeah, you have the the potential to make a lot of money. Yeah, you have the potential to, but it's a lot more volatile for a small company like that right. because the, you know the market fluctuates daily, and with the news cycle these days being honestly there is it's a less than 24 hour news cycle now it's mm-hmm. like a 12 hour news cycle yeah and, and you think about like the minute that half half of all users can't go to the movies on a specific weekend oh, like yeah. it's like oh that's hitting the web technical and difficulties and, that, and investors are going to react exactly they so, just sell 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 and drives down the stock price. exactly so i don't know like it's it's a uh, it's baffling how in the world I mean, these people shouldn't be running companies. They should. They nope. sh- They <laughs> literally correct. should not be running a company. No. no. 
Which hopefully they lost a lot of money on this and they've learned the lesson. Dude, hopefully, like, hopefully some of them, like, get, get like, I mean, because again, like, the whole, like, investigation of, like, fraud and, like, stuff, it's, like, legit, like, that's, that's something. Like, well, being, yeah. like, being, like, okay, we pushed a button that allowed you not to go see the movies this weekend. Or that uh, change your password so you can log back in <laughs> yeah, and, ca- and like, call it technical difficulties and we updated the app like what are we talking about guys what like what this doing? there is there is that's got to be illegal like there's there's no part of me that thinks that that's that's legal we've paid for a service that we now can't use oh judiciary anyway, system needs to I'm, step in there a little I'm glad bit we got you know? rid of it. i feel like we should I, we should keep our movie pass cars just for like uh i definitely still have mine like history's sake i mean it's literally it's gonna be like this is this is one of those things that's like it's it's it affected so many people um over that year that like oh man i'm going to see movies all the time it's great and then it like so hard turned into like this is the worst i'm canceling my subscription yeah and i don't know it's i I feel like yeah you're right that it's like this is going to be a moment where people are like this is the time whenever the movie you know industry or like whatever theater chains changed like because that's whenever they implemented their like subscription people we wouldn't have people will pay for subscriptions we'll we'll offer two subscriptions come on in let's go let's go more movies i wouldn't have that now yeah uh, I also don't regret any of the mo- the time we spent in with MoviePass nah. because we were able to go see a lot of movies. Like I said, I never for free. Wa- like I didn't lose money on it. No, you know, I didn't, I didn't have stock in this thing. Like yeah, that's exactly. the only way that you would lose money in this is like if you if you had stock in this thing, or if you just never went to go see the movies. Right, or if you yeah, which just, no one did apparently. I mean, like they were betting on. <laughs> it's stupid to it's stupid to bet on people not using your product. Yeah, as you've advertised them to use it, or at all and intended. They wanted them to not use it at all. Stupid. It's so funny. All right, John. Well, next week I don't know what we're talking about. Um, we'll come up with something. Well, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out here in a few minutes. Uh, um, and uh, similar to the, the to the movie pass, you know, that's a that's a tomorrow problem. That's that's you for know, future Chris and John. Who cares about the ten dollars to figure know? it out? We'll just to, it out just go time. public. <laughs> do it live. <laughs> Technical. Difficulties. Yeah. You can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com on Twitter. Whoops, oh, sorry. On social at ChrisWright250. And John Wright 777 And at Pod. I think that's the first time you've messed it up. It is. Like, yeah, uh, that's interesting. Please go to your podcast service of choice. Review us. Tell all your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on Target. Target.